Okay, guys, show us what you got. Right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Five Hole Fantasy Podcast. This is a bit of a different one here. We are joined today with Doc from DL Hockey. The L part of the DL is not here yet. I'm sure he's going to be joining us a little later. So, Doc, um, why don't you take the floor? Let us know what you guys are about, where people can find you. Just getting the D. <laughs> yeah, we're just getting the D until uh, Littlefoot gets here. So, uh, deal hockey was was made back in college about eight wow. years ago, but we didn't start putting things out on the air until about two years ago. So we always we always sat in a, a basement drinking beer, talking hockey, and you know, just two fans enjoying the game. And we decided to put it up as a show. So we do uh, we do our shows on Facebook under Deal Hockey. Uh, and every every week we do a, a live video talking about what's going on in the game and, you know, make some history references and, and give our insights on, on things like that and always have a, a wobbly pop or two and keep it as light as possible. That's where you guys can find us, and I'm glad to be here on, uh, on Five Hole with uh, our buddies Tim and Zach. Well, we are currently – we're um... – Oh, Doc, you got to tell him uh, your your idea for a name, too, because we're going to, what do you call it, iron out a name for this one so it's not like five-hole featuring or anything. It's going to be its own separate entity. So the the one idea I had today, because when we do talk in our group, we do a lot of uh, jabs towards the teams and each other. So the idea I had was four minutes for spearing. We got four of us, you know, good penalty reference. And like I said, we're always jabbing each other and each other's teams. Double minor, yeah, a double minor right there. All right, all right. So I I feel like we definitely have to address this dog right now because uh, people are are listening and they have no idea about the dog. We can see each other, so introduce your dog. Uh, well, this is my uh, this is my girlfriend's dog. This wanted to give a quick hi to her. Told her I'd do that because she supported everything that I've done for this hockey thing, even if she does not get it. But this is uh, our new deal hockey dog, September. She's a, a very needy marshmallow of a pit bull. <laughs> She'll make her uh, her presence known every so often. And once again, on deal hockey, you can usually see her laying on my lap or licking my face or interrupting, you know, when I'm in the middle of a good rant. All right, guys, this is uh, that's Doc. He is joining us today. And with us, as always, is our co-host, Zachary Vogel. Hey, hey, hey. All right, buddy. So me and you, we've taken uh, what's it been? It's been about two months off, right? So just letting the season wind down, getting into the playoffs. Here we are, a couple game sevens, couple sweeps. It is seven eleven on Monday evening. That um, has puck drop happened yet? And the Caps and uh, Canes yet? Yes, it has. Uh, we are twenty seconds in. All right. So I mean, right as uh, puck drop happens, um, we're going to be joined later by uh, by Littlefoot, the L part of the DL hockey. And uh, yeah, I suggest you guys go give them a follow over on on Facebook. Definitely, and check out their videos, man. Like Zach and I, we like we focus on fantasy deal hockey. They do the real world stuff, so it's two sides of the same coin, and it's it's great stuff. You guys got to check them out. So, 
yeah, we're in the middle of the playoffs, guys. What are uh, what are some things that we want to get off our chest? Uh, biggest surprises, maybe biggest uh, disappointments. What do we got? Well, clearly, I mean, the biggest surprise has got to be the round one knockouts of both of the first first seeds. I mean, yeah. come on, right? It's never happened yeah. before, right? A hundred years of hockey. We're not surprising anybody by saying Tampa and Calgary getting knocked out, um, being surprising or anything. But Tampa getting swept, that was just structurally, they failed pretty much everywhere. Vazzy, he was great, but it was just Hedman wasn't himself. Uh, Kucherov wasn't there. He literally wasn't there during game three. And uh, it just didn't work out for them. You had some of your core guys. Uh, Yanni Gord didn't show up at all. Braden Point, you know, didn't didn't really have anything. And Stamkos didn't show up till that last game. Nobody and showed up. Overconfidence. Yeah. They um, just kind of laid back, kicked I, their feet I, up I right around they, March. They, they looked past Columbus because up until this point, Columbus has never even won a series. This is not only the, you know, a sweep and the first time in NHL history that the number one teams have been knocked out in the first round. <laughs> but this is the Columbus Blue Jackets first time ever winning a, a playoff series. And what a way to get that first um, notch in your bedpost, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that, that right there is betting, you know, Scarlett Johansson and busting your cherry, you know, <laughs> sweep. Yeah. Real quick sweep. It certainly would be. Do you hold any clout to the fact that Columbus had to fight and claw and bite their way into the playoffs? Like they played meaningful game after meaningful game after meaningful game ever since the trade deadline, some of them didn't go their way, but at the end of the year, they pulled together. And when it really came down to it, they made shit happen. As opposed to the Lightning, who probably haven't played a meaningful game since, let's say, what, mid-January? Yeah, when did they clinch the President's Trophy and all that? Oh, yeah. Uh, that had to be that had to be mid-January, start of February. And I do hold a lot of clout to that, and that's one thing that... Uh, I've been very vocal about on DL hockey is that you see that old style of hockey, that nineties hockey that all of us grew up with the fighting, the clawing, the grinding going up against probably the, the pinnacle of what you could say the new, the new fast style of hockey is in the Tampa Bay lightning. And you see what hitting and slowing a team down and causing, you know, chaos for them does to this, this fast new NHL. Let's rewind to the the trade deadline. It is the beginning of March now. Matt Duchesne, Ryan Dezingle. Who else did they get? I think those were the two biggest. Those definitely were at least the two biggest yeah. pieces. That yeah, those were, the, those were definitely the two main ones. I agree. I think for two, maybe three weeks following the trade deadline, it seemed like the biggest flop of any trade deadline ever. The, these guys had not... I don't want to say registered a point, but they just didn't do what they were brought there to do. And then all of a sudden, it just clicked. And they were ready to play playoff hockey. Everything was going their way. And they got out coached. And that's exactly why Columbus was able to, in the first game, come back from three goals and take a win and then take them all the way. They never gave Tampa a chance. And I don't know. Do you, are you guys putting uh, Are you guys put, putting Columbus in the, uh, in the Stanley Cup yet? Or are we going to see how the I, rest of the things go? I'm going to see how the rest of the things go because there are a lot of surprises coming out of this first round. Right now with this game, did anybody think Carolina would take Washington to six games? I thought that they would steal at least one game at home. And I said it at the beginning of the series when people uh, 
Um, people around here would ask me because they knew they know I do like a hockey podcast and stuff like that. So I'm like the resident hockey guy. Um, I said they will at least steal one game at home. As it turned out, this has been a home series. Whoever. Every home every home team has won. So if, so if it goes to game seven, it'll be an away game for the Hurricanes. I'm going to have a crazy fucking Wednesday. <laughs> so, and then we got um, Dallas can close out the series tonight, too, starting at 830. That puck drops. And that's been another one. I feel like every single series has almost it's felt like an upset. Do you guys know what I mean? Like the Blues, they, they in yeah. my mind, they shouldn't have won. The Islanders shouldn't have won. Columbus shouldn't have won. Colorado, they shouldn't have won. It seems like so far we've had four upsets. And so far, we have four teams that are going to the second round. I didn't want to say the Blues shouldn't have won in my bracket. Did I pick uh, Winnipeg? Yeah, I thought Winnipeg had the good talent. But I definitely think the young uh, losing uh, Stastny over the offseason and losing a, a good veteran leader cost that team. And you definitely saw that. After the deflation in Game Five, where St. Louis came back from three goals down, mm. and then immediately in the first the first shift of Game Six, they score. Oh yeah, and they challenged it too. That well, was... that was that was a dumb challenge, and I was I I talked to my old man, as we call him on DL Hockey, the Godfather. If they wouldn't have challenged that goal and challenged the second goal, the goal would have been overturned, and that game would have been different. Now, is that the game where they had like six shots through two periods? Yeah. That, what a shit showing that was, man. Uh, and I, I thought we were going to see it from Toronto last night, too, because it was um, it was close to halfway through the game, and they only had five or six shots. And it just seems like uh, these teams, when, when they need to play the hardest, they're just not showing up, or there's a mental block or something. Do you think it's so much that they're not playing the hardest, or the other team you know, knows that this is a big game, and we know who to shut down? It's got to be mean, a combination honestly, of the two. Washington, Washington just scored, by the You're way. Kidding. Point point blank. You said oh, Brett yeah. Connolly? Yeah, Brett Connolly. No goaltender or no defense. Left Morazic out to dry. I'm not I'm not gonna sit there and badmouth Morazic when I've supported him since he got into the league. I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, that that wasn't that wasn't his fault. He's had <laughs> about he's had so far I've since I've been watching, he's had about two point blank saves, like literally like two or three feet in front of him. That so one he didn't on. stop. Yeah, he's he, one for three on point blank saves, and that was just a nasty shot over the shoulder. The other, well, the other series going on today, I wanted to touch on because you were talking to him about disappointments. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm kind of disappointed in Nashville. The sheer fact that they're they're leaving the <laughs> continual off season champions of the Dallas Stars. <laughs> you know they're. You, you can't deny the only that thing fact. they do win. Yeah, they make the, yeah. They make the best moves. But, but you look at you look at Nashville's. Uh, you look at their roster. You look at what they've done in the regular season. Where the hell has PK Subban been? You watched their last game. Oh, yeah. Subban got burned twice, and you're arguably one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Yeah, he was up for the Norris last year, man. Um, I've heard some rumors that he could be on the move this year, or at least this offseason. What do you think? That's weird to think because I'm a I hate PK Subban as a player. Yeah. I don't like but as a human being, the crap he does for his community is outstanding. And yeah. I like him as a human. I don't like him as a player. But do I think if they move him, he makes the that team better? Yes, of course. 
He just needs to cool his head and get into a good groove with the team. You can't just keep – you can't be a superstar journeyman. He, that, that doesn't happen. I was trying to think of an example. I can't think of one now. No, the, the only one that really comes comes up is Yager at the end of his career. Oh, yeah. And he just scored four goals uh, over there and um, shit, what was it? Whatever team he's playing for now. Some Czech team, I don't know. The team he owns. Does he really play? That's kind of fucked up. Well, he. I think he co-owns the, the team he plays on. You can't do that. Why? Jordan did it in, yeah, in I basketball. Gonna, I was going to say that that's just like Jordan. All right, we might have Dave joining us shortly. He just got to his computer. Oh, shit. All right. Well, so as I as I talked when it was just me and you, before we we started this, I, I was reading on one of the rumor sites that even a lot of the players don't like this new playoff format. This where you get an uh, actual di- divisional champion, and then they play in the second round. I'm a big supporter of the one through eight. I miss... I miss the one versus eight, the two versus seven. The wild card's good and all, but I don't think it's for hockey. Maybe just get rid you of know, the two versus three. Like you could ha- very well have a ECF or a, a, a Western Conference final in the first round. Yeah, yeah. Like we're seeing now with Toronto and Boston. Like um, we saw for the past how many years with who am I saying the uh, when the Capitals, Capitals played Pittsburgh? Yeah. Like you're losing one of the best teams in the first round. It's that is my biggest problem with it. And on top of that, especially, I mean, there's the good with the bad because we see in this year in in this playoff round, we see a lot of what you would call the lower seed teams coming up and and beating your your favorites. But in the same right, that one through eight, you still had upsets. You know yeah. the when you were. In, in 97 and 98, where Detroit was the third overall seed in their division, they were playing the sixth, and it was usually the Arizona Coyotes, you still didn't know if that was a, you know, a, a surefire series. It was a toss A lot of the times, the upsets still happen, and with the close talent in the NHL, the upsets can still happen. And we've seen, uh, we've seen a good amount of them this year, I think. Yeah. Four for four, I think. In my opinion, there's, there's been upsets. And I mean, as for me, I'd I'd like to close on. So Doc talked earlier about the new style fast hockey as opposed to the hockey that all of us grew up with as children. That was the hard-nosed hockey. And uh, it comes into the playoffs where everybody always says playoff hockey is completely different than the regular season. It now, is. I mean, I, th- I think that's 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 true for any sport, but playoff hockey especially is so hard-hitting moves so much slower and it's good to see that my style of hockey your style of hockey our style of hockey kind of trumps the new style of hockey oh yeah so a perfect stat here is uh the maple leafs i think they they average like 17 hits during the regular season per game and now i think their average is somewhere it's north of 30 so they're almost doubling their how physical they've been playing and they're not a big team they're no. not a big team. They're not a strong team. They're a fast team, and they're a highly they're a, fin- team. they're a finesse team. Oh yeah, and right now they're they're hitting. I think it's like thirty three hits per game. And it just goes to show that there's still a spot for your grinders and your enforcers. Last season, Ryan Reeves got the winning goal to get the Knights into the Stanley Cup. Ryan Reeves really doesn't score. <laughs> He's got no business near the net. He's got no business scoring. 
He's got business with his fists. All right. We got, we got Littlefoot coming in? I think we oh, got Dave. Are. I'll be right back. Hey, guys. Hey, Dave. Hey. All right, Dave. Uh, so what? You, we got no video on you, but we got audio. Yeah. Yeah, I got yeah, my yeah, I don't have a I don't have a camera hooked up for my computer yet, so I gotta work on that, but I can I hear you guys, I can see you guys. Uh yeah, man, give us an intro while uh while we got you entering the room here. You know, it's been a very interesting playoffs for me so far. Um you know, you guys touched on the upsets so far. Yep. And it's been a lot Thanks, of great, a lot of great hockey. You know, going into you guys talk about going into the playoffs. It's a different animal. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think we're seeing with the upsets, there's a lot more parity in the league than there used to be. I mean, it used to be if a one versus eight played, you know, twenty ten years ago, there was a big gap in between those two teams, at least through the first round. Yeah, for without sure. Without a sweat for in four or five games, but now the league has gotten to the point now where there's not a whole lot that separates a Tampa Bay and a Calgary from a Columbus or a Colorado. These are thin. All you need is a ticket to the dance and you could be the homecoming king, man. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, parity is a wonderful thing. And the yeah. NHL definitely has it. There, There's a lot of sports that wish they had that kind of parity and just don't. NBA, I mean, look at for NBA sure. had Cavs, you had LeBron against the Warriors four years in a row. Yep, LeBron yeah. was the final base straight years. Yeah, it gets I mean, old. I heard that a bit with Chicago going three and six years. Um, Pittsburgh going you back. Got the to Kings back. too, and the Kings go and the Kings winning a couple in there. But for the most part, there hasn't been a sustained dynasty run like there was maybe when we were growing up with Detroit going back to Edmonton, Montreal, the old guard where they were just the Islanders. They were just in there year after year and just dominating teams. And even Arizona came so close to making it. You can put that on on the shoulders of how bad the West was. But, I mean, giving them that kind of confidence that, you know, maybe you won another handful of games and you could have been into the playoffs. That's well, And they overcame a lot of injuries. They had a lot of injuries to get to the, getting to that point as well. I mean, if they were fully healthy all year. You got to give them credit there for sure. If you have your starting goalie and you're Arizona, you're in the playoffs. Yeah, imagine an anti-Ranta and Darcy Kemper combo going into next year. Like, that's that's intimidating for sure. Well, and it's it's one thing I wanted to bring up, and you guys were – we were all touching on it, that how much different hockey is in a in a skill level than other, in other sports. Every team going into the season has a chance to go to the dance. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at football – do you really see the Arizona Cardinals next year making any shot to the playoffs? No, but know. in the same right. Ra- <laughs> I'm hockey only, man. <laughs> I don't know a damn thing. Uh, about I, I, I like my football as well, but every every couple of years in football, you see a team going one and fifteen, zero and sixteen. Yeah, you don't see that in hockey where a team goes ever since like. Maybe a couple of years ago with the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I was letting you finish, and I was going to be like, "Well, there was there was one. There was one." Same, but same that, thing that's with Cal- a- the same thing with Calgary too. Calgary was fucking shit awful last year. They weren't the best. No, they were one no, of the worst teams not. in the league last year, and then this year they were the number one seed in the West. But we got to bring up the fact that how f- hard Calgary fell. 
you know, they fell in game two when Colorado came back and won it in overtime, and they went into a tailspin that they didn't recover from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I is crazy hard. with all of the all of the talent that they have up front. Um, the Norris Trophy winner from this year that I think should be Giordano. Mark Giordano. Yep. All of that veteran talent. It is very surprising mm-hmm. to me, actually a little more surprising to me that they lost as opposed to Tampa. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll put them in the same league for sure. Well, I think Carol- Carolina just scored. I think it's not that Tampa lost; it's how they lost. Oh my god! Yeah, it's kind of, that's more what happened. That's more what's shocking than anything else. We've seen Presidents Trophy winners get upset in the first round. Shoot, my Blues in two thousand, losing to the Sharks in seven. <laughs> Nolan from the red line. Yeah, don't forget Bergevin throwing the puck in his net too. That's, <laughs> I mean, not batting it, catching the puck and throwing it into the net. That is unbelievable, but. You know, also with Calgary, I think the big thing was, yeah, they have all this talent. Where was Johnny Gaudreau in this year? He was nowhere to be found. Where was Matthew Kachuk? Where were their stars? Sean, Ma- where was Sean Monahan? Where was anybody? Pick, pick, pick anyone. Pick a player. Mike James Smith Neal was your big sign in the offseason. He's even he's scratched for Game Five. Oh my God! Well, that- I can't say that was a bad move, but still, yeah, it was a bad signing for sure. And you still got four years left on that at six million dollars a oh, year. So good luck with that, Calgary. <laughs> yeah, they kind of, they kind of went all in. Are, are we go- well? Littlefoot and I talked about this in our last video, and you guys being Flyers fans, it's a sweet. Hat. I really. Oh my my mini Hanaway hat. Yeah, Gordon Bombay. That's a sweet Greatest- fucking hat, dude. <laughs> I love this hat. I want to. I really want to hear you guys, because you have dealt with it for years. Rip uh, the Penguins. Oh, rip them! I, I know you've been waiting to. As yeah, Flyers yeah. fans, this has been something you guys have been dying for as much as the rest of the league. All right, so pick a topic. Who who are we going to bitch about first? Uh, do you want to go for the fans? Do you want to go for Sidney Crosby, uh, Matt Murray? I mean, uh, I got. Just, I, just go- it, anybody that Crosby. listens to us knows exactly what we think about Matt Murray. Please go with Sidney Crosby. Where the fuck was he at in this series? Oh, so, yeah. In this series, go yard. he was fucking nowhere in this series. Malkin was nowhere. Matt Murray is just showing his true colors as a below-average goalie. They would have done better with I'm Brian Elliott. Um, their fans, uh, all I have to say to you guys is this. My boys, the Flyers, we have the same amount of playoff wins as you guys do this year. So uh, I don't want to hear it about cups. I don't want to hear it because you guys are going full Chicago. You got swept in the first round, and you guys are going to be in the basement for the next couple of years. And uh, and your boys in Matt Murray, I think Crosby, um, maybe he's starting to show his age. He was still a 100-point player this year, if I'm not mistaken. Malkin very well could have been there. I think. He yeah, was... I was just going to say, they're getting old, man. Yeah. They are. I mean, they're getting old. That that core group that don't get me wrong won all those fucking cups. They're getting old. Yeah, they won cups years ago now. So they were twenty nine and twenty eight and twenty four when they won those cups, and now they're pushing thirty. And I mean, the same thing could be said about our boy Giroux. But Giroux last year had 
six points less than McDavid or seven points less than McDavid. So, cause you can still have Crosby and Malkin come back, you know, uh, they can still take over a game on their own, but you're starting to see it. I think big changes are going to come from, for, for the Penguins this year. I think they're going to go, or should I say Latank for picks? That's how it's going to be, man. They're, they're going to trade Latank. They're going to trade Kessel. This, this, all, this season is going to be tough for Penguins fans to watch. Well, the thing well, is, they have jack shit in the pipeline. Yeah, they got they got little to nothing. They have almost nothing in their farm system. I think they're they best. Away. They trade away these guys. They trade away some of their good young players. For Daniel Prong, yeah. For a um, Eric Eric Branson. Oh my god, I, I fucking laughed my ass off when I saw that. <laughs> um, Brian Dumoulin. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. You know which one I did like? I did like that Sprong for Pedersen trade. That that Marcus Pedersen that they picked up. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a good piece, and that was a good move. I hope Derek Broussard comes back and just because he didn't do a lot when he was on Pittsburgh. I hope he picks his play back up because Broussard, Broussard is a good second to third line uh, forward. Yeah, and you know, I'll pick him up my third line center. Fuck yeah! And Pittsburgh just kind of threw him away. You know, like like trash because he wasn't living up to, you know, you could you could go the Pittsburgh standard or whatever they they think they have. I'm I'm excited to see Pittsburgh's downfall because I remember a few years back when uh, Pittsburgh almost went through cap hell and there was talk that if, if Malkin was going to go to Detroit, Oof. and now you guys are in cap hell. Well, I don't That's think why you got Steve Y. Stevie Y is going to make it work. All right. Yeah. Not, he'll get rid of Helm. He'll get rid of Applicator. Something will work. But they have, as a, long good, as... They have a good pipeline, too. Oh, fuck like, yeah. yeah. The Red Wings have great young players. You guys and, probably and have a, in a couple of years are going are gonna to be fucking great. Oh, yeah. Sedina? It's, well, uh, yeah. Sedina fell into their lap, and I was talking about uh, Joey Valeno, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Valeno fell in. You, you have Rasmussen going to come in, you know. Develop better over the offseason. You got the leadership of Larkin. Tyler Bertuzzi had an outstanding year. I like oh, Tyler still Bertuzzi. Have Man- piece of shit, though. <laughs> yeah. Manta is a piece of shit. Like, he's a really good player. On the ice, he is a fucking piece of shit. He's cheap as shit. He really is. He's a cheap, dirty-ass player. I like uh, and Athens. Then the, he's cool. The, yeah, Athens see you a good speedster. 30-goal year for him. Uh, I, I say it a lot on DL Hockey, and, well, they can't see it, but you guys can. I have my Luke Witowski frame picture right here. He's the one guy I hope they bring back. You need that toughness. And Witowski has showed it time in and time out for Detroit over his two years that he's not afraid to tangle with anybody. Yeah, he's a tough SOB. Tough SOB and really good for the community. Uh, so- every page I follow with the Detroit Red Wings, it's always – you know, this is the game, this is the lineup, this is what's going on. Oh, Watowski went to an elementary school. So that that kinda that kind of stuff resonates with me as as a hockey fan and you know, a commentator. Good guy Luke. Good guy Luke, yeah. What do you think about uh Danny Cholo? I like Cholo. Um How could especially you not? coming into at the start of the year, Cholo looked like he could be a good young defenseman. I believe he only played fifty odd games this year with you know, inconsistent play and occasional injury, but he's part of that young talent, that new young guard that's going to, you know, bring Detroit back to the playoffs. Yeah. And I think he's got got the right mentor in Mike Green 
to uh, help uh, develop his play. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you don't, don't like Mike Green there, Zach? Don't get TJ started on Mike Green. It's not that I dislike Mike Green. I just don't like him as much as TJ. TJ is on like this, like... He was a great fantasy own this year for me. Like, he would put up six shots, five hits, four blocks, and an assist on the power play. And and Zach would be like, I don't know why you don't fucking drop him. I'm holding on to, you know, who the hell do you have? I was making fun of you for a while because you had some shitty fucking defenseman. I got farther than you, as I recall. Yeah, but uh, Frank, neither of us he's won. holding on to Frank Vetrano. Frank, Frank Vetrano was a great pickup at the end of the year. Yeah, I think we need to find <laughs> somebody new to hate. <laughs> there's there's plenty of ugly faces out there for us to pick. I'm I'm not going to lie. The, the first podcast I listened to you guys, I'll always remember because I'm mowing my lawn and I stop because I fall over because you guys are ripping on Frankie V being <laughs> some muscle head. And I still have the picture saved of uh, – when Frankie V got traded from Boston to Florida, for and you were like, yeah, he he could probably got traded for a you know foot long cold inch combo and a weight <laughs> set. No, Dude, I like I I really hope that Frank Vetrano fucking has heard us talk about him. Like that that is I will feel vindicated if Frank Vetrano actually knows what what we think. Like I want him to respond. I I think that that's what happened with Denny Cholo. I think he heard us talking so highly about him. He got in his own head, and uh, he he got his uh, his head all filled up, and then and then he kind of, yeah, and then he kind of fell off. But I still got your back, well, Denny. Don't worry, Denny Cholo. Bro. Well, Littlefoot can bring it up. I, I hope Corey Schneider hears how much <laughs> I hate on him. Oh my God, Corey Schneider! <laughs> I, don't, I I think Corey Schneider probably doesn't have a phone because he's used to everybody hating on him. I think Corey Schneider hates Corey Schneider. <laughs> you talking about just have, just having all these expectations? You go into New Jersey, really after you know having really like maybe a good half season in Vancouver, backing up Luongo. and that's another pretty. There's the Jim Benny Matt uh, special trading him for a first round pick. That first round pick, by the way, they traded him for Bo Horvat. So they basically traded Corey oh. Schneider for Bo Horvat. So, Bo Horvat is awesome. Yeah, so uh, I love me Bo Horvat. They had Bo, Hor- uh, Bo Horvat right about now. Schneider, he comes in to take over for Brodeur. Really, they they didn't supply him with the team around him that he needed to be that needed to be around him. And you can tell he, they asked him to carry the team, and he couldn't do it, and his back gave out. And even when they went to the playoffs last year, it was Keith Kincaid who really led them yeah. to the playoffs. Then again, Keith Kincaid's a backup goaltender. But he so was they, he was playing like a like a starter, man. It was all kinky all day. Yep. It, and now yes, you got Blackwood there. Fantastic. You know, this year that fell apart for them. But you know, Jersey I, getting the number one pick again. Getting number one pick. Probably who would you take? Hughes or Kako? Number one oh, overall pick. Jack fucking Hughes. Hughes. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, we were talking about it before you came into the room, man. It's it's Jack Hughes all day. Is that why we couldn't get a hold of you, Dave? Were you drinking heavily before <laughs> you got on this? It's Jack Hughes, hands down. You know, Hughes I've is. I've been reading a bunch of stuff. Uh, I was reading some stuff on. Uh, <laughs> I was reading about this during the Worlds, and it was like it's Hughes, it's Hughes, it's Hughes, and I think it still is Hughes. But they're talking about how Kaku had a great Worlds that he might have closed the gap a little bit. But All right, it's one two. Yeah, it. You can close the gap, but if you have such. A gap to start with that Jack Hughes has for the first round draft pick. You could sit there 
put up nine goals a game, pull the Gordon Bombay triple deke, and make every goalie's jock go in the rafters like Patrick <laughs> Waugh against Jeremy Roenick, but you're still going to be the number two draft pick. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad place to be. I think this one, and we were talking about it before, it's it's not as close as Nico and Nolan, but it's it's not as wide as McDavid and Eichel. So it's it's somewhere in between. You know, it's well, like a Matthew. Is it kind of more yeah, of a Matthews just, and Line you think? Yeah, I was just gonna think. Is it like a, a Matthews and Line thing where yep. and then and then Capo is gonna be a dick like Patrick Line and just bitch and moan about being number two all the time? And growing a neck beard. Yeah, but in the and same right, to kind of bring up a little history thing here too. Alexander Dag was number one pick in his draft, and he's like, well, nobody remembers number two. Of course, he has a shit career. Number two pick in that draft. Chris Pronger. And oh. we know how great Chris Pronger was. Yeah, Chris so, Pronger was the man. Yeah. There ain't, there's nobody that dislikes Chris Pronger. I dislike Chris Pronger. <laughs> oh. Well, if you played on your you can, team, you can at least Chris you Pronger. can at least respect Chris Pronger. Yeah, you're not going to say that to his face. Oh no, I can I can respect Chris Pronger. Yeah, doesn't okay. make, doesn't make me hate him any less. Doesn't mean that when I play NHL 19 and he's on the all-time All-Star game or all-time all-star team, I scratch my head at that. I don't know about all, all-time all-star. By the way, Washington just scored uh, 2-1 Ovechkin. No kidding. You Warren, have like Warren Fogel scored there. Carolina you have Fogel. about a three-second uh, beat on me because you say Washington scores and I immediately look up at the screen or this just happened. So I'm like, oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> Sorry about that. Like finding your gifts on Christmas. Well, Vashin's a great player, and oh, he's no, been. No. I think he's elevated his game again this year in the playoffs. His leadership, I think, has been vital for Washington the last two playoffs. Okay, so I, I have a I have a quick thing about Ovechkin. Okay, so being in Raleigh, Svechnikov and Ovechkin fight was a huge fucking deal. It's yeah. all people talked about down here. It was nonstop on the radio. Everyone's bashing Ovechkin saying he's a piece of shit and he, he shouldn't have fought and he shouldn't uh, – what, you don't – you want him to punch not as hard? The he way I saw it, yeah. Svechnikov asked for the fight. Everybody that listened to this, I'm sure you're aware, like that's how most hockey fights start. It doesn't just happen where one guy just starts punching somebody in the face. That is, that's like a, a much bigger penalty when that happens. But usually it's, hey, do you want to go? The other guy says yes, then you start to fight. That's exactly what happened. Now, how can you be mad at the guy that won the fight when he didn't even start? Well, there's this, whole, there's this whole Greedo thing going on right now. It's like who shot first, and and Svech is saying that, <laughs> that he didn't that he didn't ask for their fight, and Ovechkin saying that he didn't ask for the fight. Nobody wants to admit that they started it, and I think that's where we're at right now. So everybody, you know, Svechnikov's the- own teammates said that he asked for the fight. Now I read His a quote from him. Said that I read a quote from him that said like, "Oh, I'm no superhero. Uh, I didn't ask for the fight." Blah blah blah, and and something along those lines. But at least Ovi kept up with the code. There was a quote after the fight that Ovi brought up that, "Yeah, he asked for the fight. Yeah, it's cool. I won and all that. But I just hope the dude's okay." Ovi at least kept the the honor amongst fighters that you know is so greatly talked about among the old 90s fighters that, you know, we grew up in watching is you want to win the fight, but you don't want to hurt the guy. 
He wants him to be ready for the Olympics. And I, and from what yeah. I hear, uh, Ovechkin like called Svechnikov afterwards, um, and they they talked for a long time. I, I got the quote right here. So Svechnikov, full quote, and this is a uh, from, and I'm going to pronounce this uh, exactly as it is on Twitter. Luke Dickock. So you can follow, <laughs> you can follow him at Dickock? Luke Dickock on Twitter. Svechnikov, full quote. He did ask me for he. Okay, so this isn't like broken English. It's it, so. Bear with me here. He did ask me first for a fight. I am not superhero. Ask first for a fight. I said yes. Like I said, I just want to stand up for myself. He called me right after game. We talk a bit. I said sometimes happen. You never know. Uh, it probably would have made more sense if I put a Russian accent on that one. But uh, we should yeah, so. have. We gloves. We fight. I get ass kicked. My yeah. brain hurts. He called you just, me. You just sound All like good. Tarzan. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, Meet Tarzan, you Ovechkin. In this series, you talk about the fight, right? Well, he's going, he's laying hits all over the place. It got into the Carolina Hurricanes' heads. We saw him in game five. So he came oh, yeah. the corner and sees Ovechkin coming for him, gives up on the play, and Ovechkin in front. I think it was, I think it was Connolly's goal. Oh, man. Did Connolly one time or it's 3 0. Yeah. I mean, how, how bad did Dougie Hamilton look? Exactly that, how I, I I think of him all the time. That's how he looked. I've always wondered why three teams have given up on the, uh, why he's been traded three times. Now I know why. <laughs> I mean, Boston gives up on him. Calgary gives up on him. I think you kind of you're starting to see a little streak of yellow kind of running down his back there a little bit. You can't be afraid <laughs> to get hit in the playoffs. I'm sorry. Yeah, you you can't put your tail between your legs, especially. I mean, somebody is as like gifted as Ovechkin you have to be on him you can't give him the space that that he was trying to get with that fight or you can't be intimidated it's the fucking playoffs man yeah hey Littlefoot so we brought up something uh before you got on about that you were bringing up uh people showing their true colors being on three teams what do you think about this rumor that Subban's being traded at the end of the year oh that's a you know in the the thing about P.K. Sue, man, I've said this on Deal Hockey a number of times. Great humanitarian. I love what he does in the communities that he's yep. in. Built uh, the hospital in uh, Montreal. I think he's done some great works in Nashville as well. Boning Lindsey Vaughn. I mean, you know, he's living <laughs> his best life. Now. Can't blame him. On the ice, we've heard this from people as well, from, from his teammates. He's not the best teammate. Uh, Patcheretti, I heard, didn't get along with him in Montreal. Mike Fisher had problems with him in Nashville. There's a sense when he plays, he doesn't always give 100%. And I think we saw that a little bit. We're seeing that a little bit in this series against Dallas. Uh, I forget which goal it was in game five. It was one of six. I think it was one of uh, Radulov's goals. Oh, when Radulov lifted, lifted his stick, got his stick back, and got the uh, the backdoor top shelf. Yeah. That's the one, yeah. Um, okay, so Dave, if that trade does happen, even though we thought that Nashville won this trade the whole time, does that mean that Montreal wins the trade with them still having Shea Weber? Good question, Zach. It's a t- that's a tough one because yes, they still have Shea Weber, and he they're on the up and up. Last, he was out for most of last year, yeah, and he was out for a little bit of this year. But he looks like he's healthy now, and he's still one of the best defensemen in the league when he's healthy. 
and their and their young and their young core is finally starting to come together. Somehow Max Domi turned into a fucking hockey player. I would have never guessed that one. But I mean Tom Tomas Tatar goes to Vegas, plays like shit, goes to Montreal and reemerges as a top six forward. Then you, have, then you have Cotton, then you have Cotton Yemi that I think is gonna have a breakout season next year. Carey Price is looking like the Carey Price of old. It it almost well, makes me feel like maybe Montreal won that trade. Where I have been saying Bergevin this entire knows time. What he's doing now. Maybe Bergevin knows what he's doing after all. You're making the deal with the devil right there because he's going to throw the puck back in your own net. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at it at like a point per game pace, then yeah, Shea Weber is definitely winning it. Like if you're looking at it as a uh, um, pure defenseman, I think Shea Weber is winning this one. But if you're looking at it for longevity, I mean, Shea Weber was, I don't know, you, you still got to think that Nashville wins this one, especially if they can turn P.K. Subban over again. And I mean, Zach, you know as good as as well as anyone. What that, what it's like trading? Yeah, you having just, somebody just keep on trading PK Subban. So you it, trade okay. for PK Subban and then trade him again and then win two trades. So I, I guess maybe I was a little um, overzealous with that question. I guess it would come down to what does Nashville get for PK Subban? And if who's they, the good if they come out with a haul, if they get just picks. I don't know that they win if they yeah, get know, a if they get a star player for a star player, then maybe they then they, maybe they do pull it off. Honestly, I don't think they need to trade him for defense. I think Ryan Ellis and no, their cup runneth over over there, man. Like, yeah, who's that? That was me. So. <laughs> the real question is, what team is going to go after PK Subban? I mean, yeah. a lot. But where can you see PK Subban going? I, I mean, I didn't see Long him Island. going to Long Island. Yeah, they need a defenseman. That's what I was saying with Dougie Hamilton. I thought Dougie Hamilton would have been a perfect piece to move to Long Island. I mean, both teams wound up making the playoffs, and it's probably in hindsight they're probably happy they didn't trade him, and um, the Islanders are probably happy they didn't trade for him. But I think, I mean, your best defenseman is Nick Letty, and yeah, uh, Barry Trotz's system can can turn rust to shine as as good as the next person but still if you can have somebody like pk suban that'd be that would be a win for nashville and the islanders are one of the teams that have one of the one of the only uh prospect pools that rivals in my opinion philly um and i think arizona has a pretty good cupboard too and nashville could also bring something back and like i was saying to zach the 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 cup runneth over in nashville they don't need pk suban they still have yannick weber they have ryan ellis they have um roman they still have a pretty intimidating top four ellis and yossi are your are your top two um and weber and uh and ekholm are um are your second two Matthias uh, Ekholm had a better year offensively and defensively this year than PK Subban. You put those three or those four in your top four and trade, you know, PK Subban for a Michael Dow Cole or or for for somebody from just anybody over there. Like they 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 also have a wealth of riches in their in their cupboard too. So I think it could be beneficial for me. The Islanders make a good fit for a defenseman. Whether it's I, I gotta agree with you on that one. I could also. I wouldn't like that. to. I wouldn't like to see him in blue and orange, but no. I could. I could see where you're coming from. 
I think Arizona could make a push for a defenseman too. OEL is like, he's good, but he's not in that top tier. Um, and you bring a PK Subban to, to really solidify that top four. I think it's a good look. Like I said, they have, they have a good cupboard. They have plenty of cap space too. See, the one freaking old 2019, they, what contracts does Arizona have on their team right now that are on IR? It's like Chris Pronger, Marion Hosa, and Dotsuk. Uh, Arizona would be a good fit for them. Isn't uh, isn't Dotsuk talking about coming back? Dotsuk is talking about coming back for one more year, but he's trying to go back to Detroit now that Iserman has taken over, and uh, it will be a good good veteran right there to come in after that uh, the Zetterberg retirement. My idea for Subban is uh, he's going back to Canada, and someone who has a lot of young talent, but not a a lot of cap space. What about him going to Toronto? Ooh, I don't know about that. Oh, I don't want that. That would be nice. He would look good, but I, I don't see, I don't see Dubas making that work. I don't. Yeah, it's he's Dubas has a hard enough time as it is. Yeah, Water yeah I don't. Up the contract, uh, Logan Riley, Frederick Anderson coming up, and Frederick Anderson, in my opinion, got screwed on the Vesna vote. I think he should have been top three. Eh. I would, I would actually have put him over Vasilevsky personally. But no, not me, not me. I like the way the 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 Vaz, uh, the uh, Vezina came out. Did they come out with the coach of the year? Did they do that one? I haven't seen that one yet. No, but my top three would have to be Barry Trotz. Yeah, for sure. Craig Berube, Homer pick. Yeah, well, you know what? Best record in the league after January second. I mean, I think he's. I mean, the Blues would not have yeah, been going, going from last why they wouldn't have made, would have made the playoffs. And I'll give you that. Probably number two, probably behind the goaltending. I would put Ruby at four. My top three would be – I mean, Trotz is going to win. There's there's no no contest. But uh, for everybody else's name to be in there is good. I like Bill Peters, what he did in Calgary. And I really like what Rod Brindamore did. Yeah, those are my three right there. I like those three. I think um, – I also believe that Jared Bednar, I think, is not got enough credit for him what he's done for Colorado as well. Oh, especially I mean if last year was a hard year to win it, but that he he should have definitely been in talks, but I mean you got somebody like Gerard Gallant like I with the year Vegas had, there nobody else was going to win it. No. And I think Gerard Gallant, I think you could also you could almost say Gerard Gallant this year might have done as good a job as he did last year because Vegas was injured a lot early. And he really kept that team together when they could have went south. And then once they got healthy, they started rolling again. Yeah, even after um, kind of a, a fall from grace from William Carlson. I mean, don't get me wrong. He still had a really good year. But, I mean, we saw it with the shooting percentage. That it, 43 goals just wasn't going to happen again. You knew that How about Rick Tockett, man? Rick Tockett had a hell of a year, too. I mean, dealing with all those injuries and, and missing the playoff by, you know, a week or two's worth of games. Here's another one. Jim Montgomery in Dallas. I think he kind of saw the seeds planted with Hitchcock, but that team two years ago led the league in goals, but they were shit defensively. Yeah, yeah I think they led, they led the league in goals and goals allowed. I believe that. You can't do that. This, this isn't the 80s anymore. You can't be the 80s Oilers winning 8-6, you know. As much fun as that would be. Oh, God, it would be great. It would be great. All right, so well, let's, let's do um, – I know Zach's uh, not in the room right now, but let's go through. Um, 
All right. So you were saying, let's talk Vezina. Who's who's in your Vezina right now? You well, said I Frederick do, Anderson. I like Frederick. I, I think Frederick Anderson's been overlooked the last two years. He's faced the most shots in the league. And I think yeah. he had a better year this year. He reminds me so much of one of my favorite goaltenders growing up, and that was Curtis Joseph. I think um faces a lot of shots playing in Toronto. You know, he basically carries that team, especially with the defense they have in Toronto or lack thereof, I should say. He's been fantastic. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Uh, ben Bishop, top five this year, goals against average save percentage. You know, really back to form. We saw him do this in Tampa as well. This guy's not a this guy's not a system. He's not a system per se goaltender. He's gone everywhere he's gone, he's done. And once again, solidifying the net in Dallas. Oh yeah. So he's just a good goalie. It doesn't matter who he's playing for, what yeah. colors he's wearing. I would I would also want a little bit of love sh- uh thrown out to someone who had what you could say is a bounce back season for them is Kari Price. Yeah, you gotta give him some love. Especially second half of the year too. I throw him up there. Dark horse probably and this is this hurts to say. This really hurts to say despite their season. But if you look at his record, Jimmy Howard had a great contract year. What, per dollar? What? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about here. <laughs> well, I looked at, I, I've, I've watched Jimmy Howard since he came into, into the league. And I'm saying Dark Horse, at least get a mention for, for someone who had a great year. Maybe not Vesna, But the reason Detroit won some of those close games was Howard's play. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if if you look, if you go past Detroit's streaky, streaky year, Howard had probably besides Larkin the most consistent year on Detroit. Hmm. For once in his fucking career, it was more good than bad, <laughs> and it hurts me to say because I hate Jimmy Howard so much. <laughs> I hate Jimmy Howard so much. Oh, that's rough. Uh. All right, so, let, yeah, let's do our dark horses right now. So mine's got to be Darcy Kemper. What about you, Dave? You know, I don't know if he's really considered a dark horse, but Marc-Andre Fleury, for me, had a great year. Oh. Probably can shut outs. Oh, yeah. Obviously, I think Pittsburgh is regretting the fact they let him go. Because they had to. Matt, they had to let him go, but I think in hindsight, seeing what Matt Murray has kind of turned into, I think you kind of wish you had that better backup. You had that better oh, yeah. than Fleury. And he's made a big difference down there with that Vegas Golden Knights. But think about it on paper up until Fleury was gone. Matt Murray looked like a great goalie. Well, I mean, nothing taken away from the guy, but – and you're going to get angry about this. And even though the guy is one of the greatest goaltenders of all time, look at someone like a Grant Fuhr, especially in those 80s 80s teams where there was no defense. The the Edmonton Oilers would win games eight six nine seven just because of what they had up, up top. You just needed a guy to stand in the net. A book that I've recommended is uh, the game written by Ken Dryden, who in my mind, pound for pound, is the greatest goaltender of all time. He talks about how at the end of his career, he didn't have to win games. He just had to prevent the team from losing. If a team has a lot of high-powered offensive talent, that's your job. You don't have to win a steal a game. You just have to let up less goals. And when they're scoring eight, all you got to do is just give up seven. Your goal, you know, Matt, Matt Murray's 
where they were thinking he was going to be the next Mike Richter, Eddie Belfort. He's turning into the next uh, Manny Legacy or Garth Snow. But that, that, that's just on me. That's my thought process of the whole thing. Please, someone tell me I'm wrong. I missed it all, but you're wrong. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, all right, Zach, uh, who's your who's your Vezina this year? Uh, oh, man. Um, you have – I don't even want to ask I'm, Dave because he's going to say Jordan Bennington. I'm thinking – I don't think it's Jordan Bennington. Um as much as I, hate, as much I hate to say it, um, Robin Leonard had a great year, but I, I think it's going to be Vasilevsky. I think that that's it's just that's who they're going to choose. If I had to guess what who's going to be picked, I think it's going to be Vasi. Who, who would you pick, though, Zach? If you had a vote and there were, who would you pick? I would. I, I'm leaning towards Robin Leonard. Yeah, me too. Great year. You know what? It's funny. A guy gets out of these guys get out of Buffalo. Robin Leonard gets out of Buffalo. Ryan O'Reilly gets out of Buffalo, and they both have career seasons. Evander well, Kane. Uh, was it about that place? I know As that Robin player, Leonard was dealing with a lot of like depression issues and stuff like that. He was like super low on himself, and I really think that he needed just a change of scenery. How great would that end up being, little foot? Where you you sat there and you're like, if you had a pick. You remember the old days where the All-Star, well, even today, the All-Star game still kind of fan pick. If these awards went to a fan vote, where, where the, the NHL picks, here are your three guys. Here are your three guys. It's, you know, Leonard, Bishop, and Vasilevsky. And now from this week to this week, vote who's going to win the Vesna. Oh, just do it per week? No, no, no. Do you you pick your three. You the NHL picks their three. Their writers association okay. or whoever. But the final tally is done by fans. Yeah, I was gonna say if it's if it's all fans, it's gonna be super. Like everybody's just gonna pick their own goalie. No, but, picks. but yeah, if the NHL they, they picks the three, a, yeah, it's gonna be Matt Murray every year. Yeah. <laughs> well, if the maybe if NBC does it, then it's gonna be Matt Murray every year. Matt Murray, Matt Murray, Sidney Crosby, and Corey fucking Crawford. Yeah, yeah, Sam does it. The Maple Leafs. Sid- Sidney Crosby would win the Vesna. <laughs> Sidney Crosby would win every award from mankind. And here's Pierre Maguire doing the interview. I think. <laughs> I think this is going to be two years in a row that Crosby is not up for an award or wins anything, and I'm I'm really freaking happy about this because yeah. You know, despite all the hate that Crosby gets, I think it's more well-deserved than anything. In that old old argument, who's the better player, Crosby or Ovechkin? Yeah, Crosby might have more awards, but Ovechkin hands down keeps proving he's the better player than Crosby. He's the better leader than Crosby and just all around better than Crosby. He's a better goal scorer. I'll give him that. Uh, as far as defense goes, that's Crosby, without a doubt. Oh, I think that's Ovechkin's a way better two-way player. Mm, I'm going to disagree with you there, man, big time. I think right, Ovechkin's right, well. got it on goal scoring in the physical aspect of the game. Yeah. I think the leadership part of it, I think Ovechkin has closed the gap in recent years. With yeah. What he's done with the capital team. You know, when you win three, when you lead your team to three cups, you're doing something right. So, But in the, same right, in the same right, look at some of the teams that – 
Crosby had for those three cups. He had a lot of support, you know, yeah. Yeah, and Ovechkin, up until a few years ago, it was Ovechkin and Backstrom, Ovechkin and Semin. Yeah, you had Marcus Johansson doing some shit. You had uh, Mike Green when he was game over green, putting up 31 goals a year. But he I always think, had Holpe. Well, you had Varlamov. You had Yaroslav Halak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't get me going on your your mediocre goaltenders of the '90s and the 2000s because I'll talk your ear off on that one. <laughs> We're gonna bring up people like Norm Miracle and Damian Rhodes. Oh no! Yeah, let's uh. Yeah, let's not do that. We're not playing beer pong, so let's not. Let's not do that. that was a little oh, that was a little game oh, we had. Beer call out. Fuck right, so yelling Kobe. I'm going to yell out mediocre NHLers. We're going to get Joe into uh, – Because I think uh, – when, when's the next Leaf game? That's that's tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, tomorrow and we are all in agreement that Boston's going to take that one. Yeah. Out of – I hope not. History. I hope we not. Hope not. But I, mean, I hope not. But I, I – the thing about this with Toronto has been – Neither team's really been able to keep momentum, though. It's been going back and forth in this whole series. Yeah. This is the best team Toronto's had. Probably since those Cujo days. Probably since the early I'd say, I'd say since 93, when Kerry uh, Frazier robbed him of that uh, high sticking penalty on Doug Gilmore. But I think uh, with with the way the, the playoffs have been this year, just kind of out of the blue and anything can fucking happen. I think the Leafs might take it, just based on that alone. I mean, they have to get off to a good start. If they can get up early, well, here's the thing though: they've been up early in all the other game sevens they played against Boston. They haven't been able to hold on to it. But if yeah. they can get up early and put the pressure on the Bruins, I trust Frederick Anderson a lot more than I trust Tukarask. Well, Tukarask is a very emotional goaltender, and it's been shown throughout his career. If you sneak in, well, look at the look at the reverse sweep that the Flyers pulled on the Bruins. I want to say in two thousand and nine. So oh it's, yeah, it's, nine, it's twenty ten. It's twenty ten. That all started, if uh, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, the fans can crucify me with this, <laughs> with the Simone Gagne just redirection goal, and then yeah, it took Tukarask out one. of the game. So if you can get a quick goal in on Tukarask, who hasn't been able to solve his emotional issues in his whole career Get him from when he started time. in Providence throwing milk crates on the ice. <laughs> that's no, awesome. but that's very well documented on all the great TSN Sports Center uh, top tens. Yeah, they're not big fans Dude of Dude uh, gets scored uh, on and over TSN. in a shootout, start chucking shit. Toronto needs to kickstart their offense. You bolster probably up oh, Carolina type yeah. game. Carolina did tie the game. Fucking yeah. I Tebow like... Teravainen. God, I bet the Hawks wish they still had him. We got Boston in seven. Uh, who's who's going to take this Sharks series? Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. Yeah? Hands down, Vegas. And, I, I uh, said that last night. You already agreed with me, which was yep. smart of you. <laughs> it's going to be hopeful. Vegas. I'm hopeful for Vegas, but I got it. I will say this, though. San Jose has the experience factor going into Game 7s. This is something Vegas hasn't done. Only a few of their players have been in Game 7s. Eric Carlson has woke the fuck up, too. 
the the it's only the only time. real thing with with San Jose, if they take the series, is due to that uh, Thomas Hurdle goal last night or last night, yeah. Because watching that goal, the whole team, the whole the whole stadium looked tired. Yeah, and it was double OT. Fuck. But that was you got to think about it. That was a pretty weak goal scored by Hurdle. I could not believe they almost had sixty shots on goal. Right, but the goal that the goal that went in. After that goal, <laughs> nine times out of ten, Flurry would have stopped. Oh yeah. So that's what I chalk up as a weak goal. The aspect of it, San Jose, with the off season they had, getting Eric Carlson, the trade deadline, getting Gustav Nyquist, they didn't improve what they needed to improve on, and that's your goaltending. You got to think about it. Games one through four, he had a uh, Martin Jones had a sub nine hundred, and then. In games five and six, he has like a, a nine sixty or something, due in large part to those you know, fucking fifty five saves he put on last night. But Jesus Christ, if Martin Jones yeah. shows up, they can win. That that's the only asterisk there. Well, and and Martin Jones stole a game last night. They and San Jose needed to steal a game for them. Yeah, he did. I, I will say about that hurdle goal though, that can be a backbreaker for a team. I think you saw it in the Jets series, just Blue series, that Jaden Schwartz goal at the end of Game Five. Oh, yeah, that and was nuts. It really affected how they started Game Six. They came out flat, and the Blues were all over them. If San Jose comes out, if Vegas comes out flat tomorrow, and San Jose gets on them and gets an early goal, that's going to be tough for Vegas to overcome. And I pick Vegas to win this series. Uh, as well, but and I still think they can do it. But it's a big. It's you've given up your cushion now. You needed to win it last night. Going on the road in Game Seven, it's it's the same thing with Toronto. You had a chance to win it in Game Six. At home. Yeah, that's didn't that's close the door. Who do you guys like in the uh, the Dallas Nashville series? I'm I'm changing my pick. I'm changing my pick to Toronto. I'm I'm bucking the trend. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to be a homer. I'm changing my pick to Toronto because I want him to win. Doubling down. Even though, I, even though I'm rocking my uh, Toronto Sawchuck jersey right now, it's uh, it's going to be Boston just because of physical toughness. Boston's oh, I... a team built on toughness, and it's what we talked about earlier in the episode, that the old style of hockey is beating the new style of hockey. But it's been such a fucking weird playoffs, man. Like that's why I think Toronto could pull this off. It's just been so fucking weird. Every single series has gone the opposite. Like my bracket, it, if you turned it upside down, it would be a perfect bracket. Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> I'm, my bracket so busted. I am hands down putting my money to buy the uh, the winner, the prize that's so secret we don't even know what it is. You know what this means? That means Carolina is going to win the fucking – it's going to win the Stanley Cup. That's what it means. You know what? Oh, and Jesus, I will drive I down not. to Carolina. <laughs> I will drive down to Carolina for that parade and just be fucked up wearing my Whalers jersey. You and 14 other people are going to be having the best night of their life, man. <laughs> you know what's sad? I'll br- I'll have to bring it back when I go home next week. I have the old Carolina Stanley Cup hat. Oh man, hell yeah! Yeah, that that that's a classic that I gotta bring back. Just uh, what the uh, the just, that was the lockout year, right? 
Yeah, when they beat uh, Edmonton. Throw it to the fans. Message one of us. Message the pages. <clears throat> Give us an hour to just trash a team. <laughs> yeah. And, that, that's, a and big, we'll, that's a big part of our podcast at Five Hole. Yeah. If yeah. we didn't trash people, like we wouldn't, we wouldn't have any content. Whatsoever. I don't think people would listen to us. <laughs> Fuck it, this summer. What do you, what do you guys think? Doing thirty-one uh, teams, thirty-one you know, days. Thir- yeah. Do th- I don't know if you guys are up for thirty. We probably couldn't do thirty-one straight days. No, for, for but uh, no do 30, 31 episodes. There's not enough liquor in the world to do thirty-one straight days. Yeah, I would go, bro. <laughs> but do uh, do. Maybe do 15, so cover every team for 30 minutes. Yeah. And just hate on every team for 30 minutes. I could definitely do that. There is something I hate about every team. So are we supposed to talk in our Islanders accents? Oh, God. Uh, I, I'm talking go all out. Like, get just ridiculously liquored up. Yeah, the Islanders would need to be the season finale because I have a lot to say. I have so much time to hate on Islanders people. The only thing I like about the Islanders is Barry Trotz. Yep. I like right. I like Anders Lee. I like Lee. I like Boychuk. The only I thing just... I like about the Islanders is Barry Trotz. <laughs> <laughs> Their fans like this. Johnny Boychuk sucks, bro. If Washington wins this uh, series with Carolina, that would be a heck of a second round matchup. The coach you fought, the coach you like, go get away coming back to play you in the second round of the playoffs. All right, let me let me spin you a story here, Dave. The Islanders play the Capitals in round two. Then the Islanders play Toronto in the Eastern Conference Final. Think about the storylines that the Islanders would have had to go through. You play, you know, the, the whole coach thing, and then you play the Tavares thing, and then the Islanders go all the way. This is, like, it's the least, this is the furthest away from what I want to happen. But just imagine the drama that could build through that one. You get great storylines if you're a hockey writer. Yeah, I mean, see, I think it'd be great. I think it'd be great storylines for a hockey writer. You know, somebody made a post on the Blues on the Blues Lounge on Facebook. Blues Islanders Cup Final, but Robin Leonard and Ryan O'Reilly just stayed at center ice and talk about how much they hate playing for Buffalo. (laughs) (laughs) And seven games. Buffalo wins. <laughs> so how the, the Sabres come out on the ice and take the cup? Yeah. <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious. Um, See, but I that's don't. the thing. If if the Capitals move on and they play the and when they play the Islanders in the next round, I hate to say it, because of trots, the Islanders are going to take the series. Because this is basically the same team he won the cup with. He knows the nuance. So he sure. knows how to how to go against these guys. He yeah. knows them upways and backwards. Downways, upways, willyways, all the ways. He's the fucking walkabater, man. Yeah. Missionary, reverse cowgirl, and doggy style. He knows them all. Five well, I don't think he well, gets I enough so. I don't think he gets enough credit as a coach, Barry Trotz, because everywhere he's gone, he's won. I mean, he took he's that national team. He's going to be coach of the year. In a number of years. I don't he know that he's underrated. Well, he didn't win coach he of the year until he got to the Capitals. He didn't win coach of the year until he got to the Capitals. That's my point. He's going to win coach of the year this year, too. And this year, too. Hands down. 
he's finally getting recognized. But I think for a while, when he was coaching in Nashville, I don't think he got the recognition he really deserved until he got to Washington. Or is Sidney Crosby going to win coach of the year? Average teams to the playoffs with Nashville. And they gave – I know Doc can speak to it. Um, he gave those Red Wings – he gave the Red Wings a lot of trouble in the playoff series. His coach teams. They, he's still that old-school coach that I think uses the old-school ways to beat the new school. We saw it this – we saw it with – in this Penguins Islanders series. Yeah, you just got to hit them up to slow them down. Number one defensive team in the league this year, the New York Islanders. I don't know that the Penguins play a new school style of hockey, though. Nah, Penguins, Anaheim Ducks, like all these teams, they are behind the times. Yeah, Um, I don't think they play a new school style of hockey at all. No, and the the teams that are ahead of the curve, I mean, Toronto, in my opinion, is the one that kind of um, got the ball rolling. Edmondson's going to follow suit as soon as they figure out what the fuck they're doing. Like, they got enough young talent, all you got to do is get rid of uh, Lucic and Adam Larson, and, and then you you might actually have a good team. But uh, look at, uh, I mean, the Flyers are going to follow. We got enough young talent. And the, the Hurricanes, Zach, I mean, they've got a very good new school team. They've been one of the, the Corsi leaders of, I know, for the past two years. Like they, They're a possession-dominating team, and that new school really works for them. And we're seeing it here in the first round, the old school versus the new school uh, with the Capitals and the Hurricanes. And, I mean, fuck, it's it's dead even. I mean, Washington's leading the series, but. Justin Williams just took a big penalty, too. Washington going on the power play. Big yeah, penalty. he decked him in the face. Yeah, and then he, and then he ran right into Holtby. So I wanted to get, um, I wanted to get on the, the Steve Eiserman thing uh, from you. What, like, what, what do you expect – from him, from the Red Wings, like, is this a? Do you see this as a band? Put the wings cap on for a second. Let me let me fan up here. Uh, <laughs> the Detroit Maple. So that's I, what you're rocking right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm such a contradiction right now, and I have all the Detroit stuff behind me. But your walls are painted blue, so it's like it's a really good motif you got going on. You know what? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> like I said, the, the, the lady friend picked out the blue, and I just painted it while she's still out at sea. So um, is, is Stevie Y, is he going to stop the bleeding? Is he going to slow the bleeding? What do you expect from him? So I put out on a DL hockey video, Stevie Y, since he took over the GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning, he has the most goals and wins of any GM uh, over those last years. But I think his biggest accomplishment has got to be his handling of the cap. Like he got out from under the Phil Pillar contract. He he gave deals to Vasilevsky, to Kucherov, like and they're gonna they're gonna run into some trouble with Braden Point coming up here. And uh like you were saying, like Anthony Sorelli coming up. They got uh, a new deal for Vasilevsky. They got a new deal for um Sergachev. Like they have a lot to deal with. That's their own fucking problem. But I want to talk about Detroit with you. Detroit like, they can get out from under Abdulkader, Darren Helm. Like there, there's there's some albatross contracts right there that they can just fucking get rid of and really. So there's there, there's a page I follow and I talk to pretty frequently, a diehard uh, Red Wings page, and a guy uh, put something up about a potential for trading Mantha or Mantha during the draft. 
to whom and for what? Yeah, what? What are no, you? No, no, no. It, it was just, just you know, one of those. This could happen. Yeah. You know, for more draft picks, I think next year Detroit is not going to be a playoff contender. I think you're going to see an improvement. Yeah. I think you're going to see a thirty-five to forty win season. So this is just he's slowing the bleeding. He's not stopping it. It's not it's not going to be an overnight process. Right. But yeah. I think he's going to make this offseason I think is going to be a very interesting offseason for Detroit. I'm excited for it just to see what he's going to do. Carolina um, winning. Carolina up a goal. 3-2. I thought Justin uh, Williams at, Justin Williams out of the box. Christ. Oh, Ooh. they just call back that goal? Uh yeah, yeah. That could be offsides. But uh I could see Darren Helm being moved, buying out or releasing Jonathan Erickson, getting rid of Danny DeKaiser. And I, I'm putting a lot of defense out there. A lot of older but people, too. Not re-signing Thomas Vanek. I would think, like I said, you have, you have two to three big free agents leaving the wings this year in Howard, Witowski, and Vanek. I don't see Vanek being re-signed. I see Witowski getting a one-year deal for under a million dollars. And I see maybe Howard getting a one-year deal and then bringing up Larson to train him. Mm. I could also see them trading Bernier. I think Iserman's going to make some controversial or some some questioning moves during this offseason that are going to pay off later on in a year or two. But that's, that's the big thing. I say not this year, but next year. Expect Detroit in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's even that's a pretty short timeline there. I I think with Eiserman's track record, he can do it. And especially with juggling the cap, like Detroit's one of the only teams out there that's up against the cap and not contending or even close to it. So I think with Stevie Y, like he could work his magic, get you guys some better pieces. He's 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 what. You know, uh, I look at it you know, this way. You're not going. There's it's a, it's a mess in Detroit right now. I don't know if it's quite as bad as the Dead Wing era, but it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. They're up. They're up against it right now. You know I what? Think the- has to. It's going to be a long road back for Detroit, in my opinion. I think. It, I think two years might even be a little gen- generous on that. I, I would say probably three years. But he it's, can expedite it if he can make some. I would the first call I think he should make, and I'm because he knows their personnel so well is tip back and see if he see, can. It, it it's all going to be the trades, and I I hate to see it because I like the guy. I, I and and Littlefoot, you know me well that anybody who rocks twenty five, I judge very hard because of Darren. You know my love for Darren McCarty. But I could see Eiserman flipping Mike Green. Yeah, I would think that's a good move. You you know, a solid right-handed, powerful defenseman who can run a power play and be a veteran leader. You could flip Mike Green for a couple younger guys. While he's still at his value, most especially. Yeah, and open up Detroit's cap space. I mean, the, from what I from what I understand. Last season, Mike Green was supposed to be traded to Toronto. And the only reason he did it. Yeah, he got hurt. He got hurt. 
which that would be an interesting move. So you could you could probably flip Mike Green in the draft, get get you know a second or third round draft pick because uh, Detroit I think has thirteen draft picks this year. Is that right? Jesus Christ! Yeah. Oh, Buffalo's got a fuck ton, don't they? In the first round, like they yeah. Get one from well, San Jose, one from St. Louis, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, uh, actually, I think Anaheim has the St. Louis pick because they, I think, I think Anaheim had St. Louis pick because I think the uh, Anaheim traded Montador for that first round pick. I think Detroit um, had oh, right, two yeah. in the first and like four in the second. So if you can flip Mike Green to a team that needs a solid defenseman. Maybe an Islanders, because yeah. we were talking about the whole PK Subban thing. If you it. can flip Mike Green to the Islanders and bring in a couple younger guys, you know, yeah. you, I don't know if you're going to get that one past uh, Lou Lamorello. Yeah, you're not dealing with Gar Snow anymore, there, Doc. <laughs> yeah, I don't, Lamorello. No, I'm, not saying trade, I'm not. I'm not saying make make a a a trade of Green to the New York Islanders. But I'm saying you, you you deal green, you get some young talent, and get a draft pick. Well, I think if Detroit's going to make this work, you talk about the draft picks they have. Detroit's strength for many years under Ken Holland was they would hit on these draft picks in later round guys. Like Dotsug was a ninth round pick. I think Zetterberg was an eighth round pick. Guys later, in, they were notorious for drafting well. Steve Eisenman did the same thing in Tampa Bay. Nikita Kucherov was a set was a late second round pick. Um, ah, but you got to you got to give credit to the to this uh, director of scouting. That, absolutely, yeah, you gotta, absolutely. If you can get their if Detroit get you know the scouting aspect back into it as well. I mean, they've done well. Zudina's going to be a good prospect, but they kind of had a little bit of a of a rut there where they weren't developing those guys as well as they were, and that kind of led to their downfall. If they can get their scouting back up, up up and running again and get some good young players, get that pipeline. It's already good, but if you can get more guys into that pipeline. Even, yeah. even trade uh, a, a young player that they got who uh, I don't think has developed as much as we thought he was going to be, trade Svechnikov. But, he, yeah, he's been injury-ridden too. You're talking, um, yeah, Evgeny Svechnikov. Um, he's supposed to be pretty good, right? Yeah, they, 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 they said he was going to be the next uh, Kozlov or Fedorov kind of thing for Detroit, and he's been injury-ridden and stagnant in the minors. If you can flip him, get him a new, uh, a new scenery, and especially being a young talent and throw something in there with how they do NHL trades now with, okay, we want a, a second-round draft pick, and if you get to the playoffs, yeah, can we do. want a first-round draft pick right? kind of thing. And flip that to somebody who's going to be a contender. Somebody that can make use of I could see Iserman making moves like that. Iserman has always been a wizard. Like, he just – I mean, he snuck one over on us, uh, the Flyers I'm talking. Like, he, he just handed us a shit cake in Valtteri Filppula. And I think we, we sent off Mark Strait. And like we retained some salary and all that. And then he flipped Mark straight to Pittsburgh. They went on to win a cup and he's just been a wizard. And, you know, 
he, he wanted to be in Detroit for his family and everything. Like it was, it was the worst kept secret in the NHL that he was going to be the GM of Detroit. And I think he's going to be really good for you guys. I mean, he's like, you're saying he's got the track record. He, he is good. He's, he's, <laughs> and on top of that, yeah, on top of that, he loves the city and knows what the city wants. Yeah, I you mean, know, everyone, he, every city wants a winning team, but I think he's going to be the one to give it to him. He, he is our golden boy, you know, Rest in peace, Gordy Howe, but this was the, the, despite bringing in a competent Gordy Howe, not his his fun, senile later years, but it's the best move for him. And on top of that, he's going to be working with his old teammates and Chris Draper and uh, Yuri Fisher, Chris Chelios, uh, Darren McCarty still does what, a lot with the alumni. He, he he's got that core around him. Without a doubt, it's gonna be it's gonna be better days in Detroit. Um, yeah. I've yet to see it from Chuck Fletcher here in Philly. Um, I really do wish we would have stuck with Ron Hextall. He was great at scouting. Um, kind of savvy God. when it came to, um, kind of savvy when it came to draft picking and everything. Like that was that was where he was the best is well, in the draft and all that. So. There's hope again in hockey town, and that's and that's a good and that's a good thing. Whenever Detroit's doing well, it's good for the NHL. But you can't you. We talk about the original six, but we, you know, yeah, that's that's classic. When those teams do well, the NHL does well. But you can't forget about the teams that were in the expansion '67. Yeah, and uh, Golden Seals aren't here anymore. But you know, the teams like the Flyers. Yep. The fucking Penguins. The Blues, you know, uh, the the Kings. When those teams do well, those classic teams do well, the fans come back around. And I think Seattle is going to be good, too. Like, I like that uh, that we're growing. 32 is a, you know, real nice even number, I think. I don't I don't think Seattle should have got it, though. And that that's another video for another day. Yeah. I think uh, if, if you're going to be adding teams to the NHL, you should do it by, you know, by division. So we had two Western teams join in the past few years, and and that, I guess that's what you're getting at. That, that yeah, we, they're, 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 now we got two Western teams in the Central now. I got Arizona and Colorado Western time zones. Yeah, in the division now. So that's, that's going to be tough to. But, it doesn't help them as far as travel. That's for sure. But does that set up? A that's kind of like foreshadowing for the fact that Arizona won't always be in Arizona. I think yeah, they could I, be moving to appear in Houston a lot with Arizona. Yeah, I think that kind of sets the table for for that. So it would, make, it would definitely make sense. I think what they're going to do. No, they, Houston's good. Houston's good. You saw the love they got in the eighties with the Houston Arrows. But in the same right, don't forget about where hockey was good. You know. Bring back a Quebec. Bring back a Hartford. Maybe the NHL is playing chess here, and, and they want it to be difficult for the Arizona Coyotes. They want to make life um, a little bit uncomfortable in the fact that they're going to be playing in a different time zone that not as many people are going to tune in, not as many people are going to 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 show up an hour later or an hour earlier, whatever, whatever way it has to be. I think uh, it's going to force Arizona to bend – rather than to be themselves. And I think that's, like I was saying, sets the table for a relocation. And that's the sad thing with with fans in Arizona not supporting that team because that's actually 
they're actually right on the doorstep of being a really good team. Yeah. They made the playoffs this year. We were talking about Carolina earlier. You know, the fans are finally coming back to their games. Florida's had you want to look at a team that was on the up and up and continually on the up and up and moved the Atlanta Thrashers. Yeah, they were they were pretty brutal for a minute though. They they weren't the best team. Some some gnarly jerseys, and I would still yeah. like to own a Thrashers jersey in my day. It was pretty uh, cool. All right, well we, we got Zach back, so you wanna you wanna do our yeah, last wanna, couple topics? Sorry, I, I had a I had a phone call. Yeah, no sweat. Um I wanted to 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 go over Elaine Vino and missing out on Joel Quenville, what you think Vino is going to bring, whether it just be um, a fresh set of eyes, maybe a new outlook, because as you know, as I know, definitely here in the stadium, there is, it seems like we're, we're on really thin ice as a fan base that fucking do something, quit playing with my fucking heart, you know, like, uh, they finally brought up Carter Hart, and that that put us in a place where we were like, "Oh, thank fucking finally, we got a goalie, and he was he was doing good things." And then there was the bullshit where Dave Hacksaw got fired while he was on a plane, and then a rumor came out, "Thank you, Dave Isaac," that Joel Quenville had been hired. And then I was super happy, and then I found out it was a lie, and then I was super sad, and then uh, th- that's just like you can't be a Flyers fan unless you have a little bit of bipolar in you, because otherwise uh, it's just you're going to have a seizure. Is this like, is there any hope for us, man? Like how am I supposed to feel right now? Tell me how to feel like what, what, what should I, what should I do? Um, I'm, I'm happy that Dave Hackstall is out. I think that, uh, that Vino is going to bring a different style. I didn't really like the, I don't know. I guess I would call it a college style of hockey that Hackstall kind of, tried yeah. to bring to the to the NHL. I, I don't know if anybody else would agree, but he, he was trying to bring University of North Dakota to the NHL, and while that obviously works in college, you can't do that with pros. So I think that it's a good thing. We need to start bringing up some of the young guys. Uh, we need to stop treating everybody with such kid gloves. All right? I think that's... That's half the reason that Hextall got fired is because he was so uh, hesitant. Like he liked to overbake our prospects and stuff like that. So, well, uh, and it wasn't it wasn't just him either. It was the GM, and we all know it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about uh, Hextall here. So he didn't want. Oh, I thought you said Hextall. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that part H- was confusing. So. Yeah, Hextall uh, just wanted to keep everybody down all the time. Yeah. And let him and let him keep staying in the AHL, AHL. Even after Carter Hart got brought up, Hextall came out saying that it was a bad idea to bring up Carter Hart, saying that they shouldn't have done it. Well, that's why you're not in the job anymore, right? Maybe if you could have done that, and we didn't set a fucking record with most goalies in a season, that's not a record you want to be a part of. Yeah, we did something. Records a record, bud. Yeah, that's it. That's that's true. That's true. We have we have an NHL record for this year. <laughs> Nobody can take that away from us until somebody <laughs> else sucks, until somebody else sucks really bad. <laughs> so, all right. So we got Elaine Vigneault. Um, he brought. I think it's it's two different teams. A total of three times to Presidents Trophies. He. I think he's been to a Stanley Cup with Vancouver. I know that for sure. Lost to the Bruins. 
uh, was in a Stanley Cup with the Rangers. I don't know. I I mean, he he's got the pedigree. It's just I've I've heard rumors that uh, just like any other coach, he favors the veterans. That he, um, I just I've heard that he's a big fan of the drop pass. So I don't know if you're going to be a fan of that. That like that's going to be one of our signature moves. Um, that uh, his his emphasis towards defense is kind of a lack lackadaisical type of thing. Like, but I think our defense is is okay on its own. Um, you got Provorov, you got Sanheim, you got, and I don't know if I'm doing apples to apples or what, but I'm trying to when convince you, myself that it's going to be okay. about when you say about the drop pass. Are you talking about coming out of the zone? Or are you talking about cycling? I'm talking about entering the zone and then just leaving it for somebody, and then they come around, and it's like it's, uh, it, but it's old school. It's played out. It's passe. It's it's been done. People know what you're up to. I just I wanted uh, I wanted somebody with a with a fresh outlook. Really, Nashville's up one to nothing. By the way, already that didn't take long. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 13 minutes left in the first, and Subban got the assist on it, so All right. fuckers making me eat my words. <laughs> he, he heard he us. To to us before the, uh, he must have hopped on and listened to us before the game or something. Yeah, he yeah. definitely heard us. That's, that's, the, that's the only explanation. Only like explanation. So. PK, if that's the case, Corey Schneider is winning the Vesna <laughs> next year. And the Jack Adams. Watch out, Sidney Crosby. <laughs> Put him into so, the hard trophy. Fuck it. All right. So um, we missed out on Joel Quenville. Um, Florida. Going into the season, we thought they had one of the best teams on paper. They had a top six that – think about it. You got Barkov, Huberdeau, Dadnov, and then you got the second line. You got Trocek in the middle, Hoffman. Help me out here. Who's the other fucking guy? I guess Vetrano. Um, right? It was Bugstad at a certain point, but uh, that that he got traded to um, Pittsburgh now. But uh, – I guess it's Frankie V. Um, they still have a pretty solid top six. They Frankie got Keith Yandel. Keith Yandel, who had a sneaky good year. Uh, Aaron Ekblad, who just, you know, he was supposed to be good, kind of was good, and never really got good. Um, what do we expect out of Florida next year? Are they actually going to take a step, or is it just going to be – are they just doing enough to keep people in the seats and they're they're really not going to take the next step? What do you guys think? I think – I think with Florida, it's going to be going down to the free agency and the draft here coming up. Yeah, because there's been tons of rumors with Bobrovsky, Panarin. Like, that's going to be crazy. If, if they could land one of those two. Um, they could land both of them. Right now, uh, you, have, uh, you have your backup being James Reimer. And uh, God only knows how long that Luongo has left in the tank. Not even just that your backup is James Reimer. Your fucking starter is Roberto Luongo. Yeah, you're asking how many years he has left in the tank, and the answer is negative three. <laughs> the way I look at Florida, he's got as many years as I've ever played in the NHL, which is about negative thirty. Um, <laughs> well, Florida, they have a really good young core. You just yeah. top six is as good as anybody league. Borgstrom, you could make a top nine just out of your prospects. Fuck, I like they, and they, they have good really and good. they have good defense. Yeah. Dale Talon's your general manager. He's the guy who hired Quinville in Chicago. And He's put also the guy that got rid of Marchenteau. He did get rid of – and here's the other thing with that. The Florida ownership 
they're still trying to recover from them turning, trying to become an offshoot of the Penguins, trying to copy the Penguins formula, and it didn't work. And they're the still trying to work era. their way through that. Because remember, this is this is a team that was it four years ago won the divi- won that division, mm-hmm. won that Atlantic division with Yager when they had Yager. Like they were a good team then, yeah. So there, there's a lot of good pieces there. If they do well in free agency, I think Quinville gives them a coach finally since Gerard Gallant. They fired Gerard Gallant, which that's its own freaking shit show. You fire him on the first game of a road trip and then send a ta- make him get a taxi to go home. I mean, oh, that yeah. was pretty fucking that was pretty fucking embarrassing. Um, but if if ownership can kind of stay out of Quinville's way, Quinville and Talon's way, and let them put together the team they want to put together, they got a chance to be good. They got a chance to be real good. And they I feel like we say this every year. Yeah, Florida's getting to that. Florida's getting to that. Uh, early 2000 Rangers status where we sit there when the Rangers were sporting uh, Flurry, Burray, and Lindros. And we're like, oh, they, they're going to be real good. They're going to – Dallas shows it. You can be great on paper, but you could not be good in real life. Oh, yeah. And the only, the only added benefit is now you had Coach Q, who's got cups under his belt – who's taken a team in the Chicago Blackhawks who were garbage. Uh, and uh, like 87% of Blackhawks fans weren't around when they were garbage. Fuck Blackhawks fans. Uh, but, <laughs> I like uh, Mr. Grankin, bro. 2009. Their yeah. life long chance, it's 09, baby. Uh, but, but to answer your it, question too, TJ, about Elaine Vigneault, he's not a bad hire. I think he was probably the best guy they could get after he turned you down. Yeah, he was the best guy we could have settled on. You know what I mean? And he has gotten teams to cups. He took Vancouver to a cup, and he took the Rangers to a cup. That being said, can can he develop the young players that he kind of had trouble doing that in Vancouver, which is why they got rid of them. And the Rangers went went to go to a youth movement. And that's why they got rid of him there too. So it really is a catch twenty two there. He's going to have to learn too. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like you were saying, that's why he lost his job. That's why he wound up getting out of there. So he's almost got to learn how to coach what's given to you. And and all we have really, I mean, is young players. But outside of like our our older core and Jacob Voracek, Claude Giroux. He's going he's gonna to have to figure it out because I, I see – I'm hearing Joel Farabee is going to be on the team next year. I'm hearing Morgan Frost has a chance to make the team next year. And Good. Uh, Mikhail Vorobiev, he played okay on the fourth line this year. And uh, fuck, who was that other guy? I, I liked – I think it was Vorobiev. Yeah, we did like him. Yeah, he, he, he always played a good fourth-line role. And fourth-liners are just as important as your, as, your, as your top-line guys. They just play a different role. So you know, we talked about this on the pot on our in our group chat too. We we're talking about Bobrovsky possibly going to Florida. You mentioned Philly as a possible destination. Yeah. Especially as a guy that could help out a young Carter Hart still. He's what, twenty? He's still twenty years old? Yeah, I think so. He's either nineteen or twenty, yeah. Nineteen twenties, he'd be turning twenty one. 
And I don't see that happening, unfortunately, because they made that deal for uh, Cam Talbot. He's a maybe not the best mentor for Connor Hart, but uh, at the end of after the season, I think he's him, Brian Elliott, Michael Neuverth, all free agents. Um, I really have no fucking idea what we're gonna do outside of uh, outside of Carter Hart. I guess we'll see. Yeah. So, uh, do we want to save uh, the rest of the talking points for another uh, video like next week? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's let's save a little juice for everybody here. Um, I know my wife's on her way home right now, and she's only like five minutes away. So, mine too. Good time to say goodbye, right? Before the ladies get yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fun. I like yeah. this. Yeah. I yeah. Like, this this has like been a good time. Too. We have we have to ha- we have to hash out this name, man. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, I'll turn it out to Twitter. I'll put a survey up, and uh, maybe we'll let the fans. That's decide. A, that's a good way. That's a good way to decide it. Actually, I there like that idea. So, uh, so what do we got? Did we got, got, we got five David? minutes for. What's up? Or, did you ask Dave? Dave, uh, so Littlefoot, name I uh, came up with while I was at work today for this is uh, four minutes for spearing because uh, we there's four of us and we all take jabs at each other. Oh, and the uh, the name that I came up with while I was at work as well um, was the face off circle, considering it's two different uh, two different podcasts pretty much, DL Hockey and Five Hole facing off. Kind of reminds me of uh, Gretzky 3D hockey on the old N sixty four. Oh, great fucking game! <laughs> that's yeah, that, that's a solid. That's a solid game, dude. I'm just gonna call it. <laughs> Sixty four. But yeah, I, I, I do. I, I say we put it out to a I say we put it out to a vote. That sounds like a cool idea. Ooh, I like both bo- I like both. Both solid names. Both yeah. solid names. Yeah, I, so, I like I like both. Uh TJ and I were actually TJ's first thought when I said let's call it the face off circle was that's gotta be taken. Yeah. And then and then we look I I went to look it up and he actually was looking it up at the same time. And surprisingly enough, it's not. Well, so I, I'll put I, it on Twitter. Yeah. And, uh, we'll turn it to a vote. You guys can, if you made it this far, at least, uh, you can get over to FHF Hockey on Twitter and let us know which one you guys like better. And, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever you guys decide on is what we're going to go with. Sweet. And uh, if you guys want to jump on to DL Hockey, uh, like I said uh, at the start of the video, DL Hockey is all by fans for fans. So you want to give us talking points? We'll sit there, we'll drink, we'll talk about what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, your stuff, man. You guys are you guys are on Facebook at DL Hockey. And yeah, like like you're saying, you guys put out videos like multiple times a week. Well, th- things always change in the NHL, but uh you know, we love being here. We love that you guys uh brought us on for this. This has been a great a great time and hopefully it's something that can continue. Yeah, we'll I'll, uh we'll like make a what do you call it? Like a we'll branch off. Yeah, do our own thing. Corporation, this. We'll we'll make we'll make a uh, umbrella company and just take (laughs) over the hockey hockey shit talk world. Let's do it, please. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna round us out, ladies. In the uh, she's in the parking lot now. So everybody, thanks for thanks for making it this far with everybody, and uh, we're gonna be talking to you guys real soon as a group. Zach and I are gonna come back with some fantasy shit too at some point, and uh, we're gonna talk draft. We're gonna talk rankings, all that stuff that you guys. No love as far as the fantasy world goes and in the hockey world we're going to do our crossovers and stuff and 
yep, my wife is saying make sure the bed is ready for us when we leave. So that's it for me. Uh, everybody say goodbye. So, yeah, we love you. Love you. We'll, we'll love you. Hope you guys have a good night.